If you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 13 and 14. So as we get into this, uh, the reason why we sing oceans lead me where your spirit will lead me is because it is not an easy Christian. To live a Christian life is not an easy life. And Jesus has spelled this out for us before in the Sermon on the Mount, but he, like he does with most things in the Sermon on the Mount, he also shows us what that looks like. So I'm going to pray for us right now, and then I'm going to get into our text, and then we'll get into our sermon. Father, I thank you so much that we can enter the narrow gate. Lord, we thank you so much that you have done this for us. Lord, I pray that as we get into this text here in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Lord, that you will speak to us, that Lord, that we may devote our lives to you, that we may choose to follow you, no matter how uh, easy or difficult it is. So Holy Spirit, come, uh, be with us and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So in every single day that we live, we have a thousand decisions to make, right? Um, Some of them are simple. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. What will you wear today? Or what will you watch on TV today? Or even will you watch TV today? So you go in the morning, you go and you open the fridge and there might be options on what to eat. We make that decision on what we want to eat. You have to decide what you're going to eat, right? So you wore clothes today. So thank you guys for that. Um, Did you spend much time figuring it out? what shirt and pants you were going to wear today? Nope. Nope. No, not really. I wore this Joshua Tree sweater because it's comfortable and I plan on wearing it for the next week straight. So that's why I chose this. And then these pants were just on the top of my pants list. So, so it's one of those things. I am glad that everybody chose to wear something today because if you had chosen otherwise, it would make it a little bit awkward for everybody. So, so many of the decisions that we make in each day are mundane. Mundane means that they don't really, it doesn't take a lot of effort to make that decision, but we did decide to do it, right? And so uh, they don't seem to shape the direction of our entire life. However, from day to day, we also make decisions that shape our lifestyle. That means the way that we live, right? I will, uh, so you can ask this of yourself today. Will I spend time with Jesus today and make him a priority? That's a question we can ask. And as we ask that question, we have to make a decision. This is a choice that we get to make. Will I read the scriptures today? Or will I pray for others today? These are, these are uh, not all of the lifestyle choices that we have are spiritual. We can ask this, will I exercise today? Will I go to bed at a decent hour so I can get enough sufficient rest? We make these choices every single day. Or I look at it like this. Am I going to eat junk food or will I still steer clear of it? 
These are all lifestyle choices that we make. And honestly, all of these here will impact the way that we live. So we make thousands of decisions each day. Usually there is a way that we prefer, and so we choose that way. So for me, I choose not to smoke or chew tobacco. By now, this is an easier choice for me than it used to be when I chewed tobacco 15 years ago or so. I choose this as a lifestyle because I, I'm trying to choose to be healthy. And I choose that my marriage is more important than chewing tobacco because uh, my wife doesn't like that I chewed. And so it's one of those things. And honestly, I prefer this way. But I still have to make this conscious decision. Some days are easier or harder than others. So not always in every decision is there a right and a wrong way. Like example, I'm glad that you wore clothes. You didn't make the wrong choice of clothes today. You did a good job. You put on what you put on. And I'm sure you're out. there are many outfits that you could have worn. But what you're wearing is just fine. There was no wrong way or right way to do it. Is it or to in, in choosing what clothes you had to wear? There was no way that that choice was going to lead to to life everlasting or destruction. It just isn't that serious. But the there are bigger questions in life. There are bigger choices that we get to make. They can bring these bigger choices. They can bring life, or they can bring death. In this text, Jesus is asking us to stay on the narrow path, to choose the narrow gate, to choose the narrow path. Please choose the narrow path. And in that, God's grace will see us through. Amen? The narrow gate and the wide gate reminds me of Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 is, I think, found all over Scripture. But let me read this to you just as way of reminder. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not or therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The wide path will perish. The narrow path leads to life. Jesus laid this out for us, uh, this life out for us to be blessed. So we are in a text that is called the Sermon on the... Sermon on the Mount. Thank you, Josiah. The Sermon on the Mount. And we've already seen that Jesus started the very Sermon on the Mount with us wanting us to live a blessed life. Do you guys remember what these are called? The Beatitudes. Or you could say this, the Blessings. Uh, This is the text of Matthew, and it's also in Psalm 1. Here's the deal. We are giving... We're given two choices. The blessed way, that is, that is narrow, or the way of the wicked, that is wide. One of these ways is easy, the other is hard. One way uh, many will take because it is easy, and the other way a few will take because 
Uh, not because it is difficult, but despite the fact that it's difficult. So if we go look back in Matthew, you don't have to turn there. You can if you want, just to chapter 5. If we go back and look at the Beatitudes, as well as the rest of the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, we can see that it is not always easy to live for Jesus. He makes this very clear. So here's the blessed, happy life that Jesus is laying out for us, the narrow gate and the narrow way. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the mourners. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers and the persecuted. This is a narrow way, to be sure. It takes more humility and wisdom than we have to live this way. These things consistently go against our selfish nature. However, if we are to be blessed, that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants this life for us. If we are to be blessed, if we are to enter the narrow gate and walk the narrow path, this is the lifestyle that we strive for, living these beatitudes, not standing in the way of sinners. Jesus goes on in this sermon to talk about matters of our heart as well, not just our deeds. So what we do matters, but what's in our heart matters as well. It's not only is it not enough to murder, but we don't get to have hateful thoughts. We get to put those to death. Right? This is hard sometimes, isn't it? Not only do we not get to commit adultery, but the secret lust of our heart are just as sinful as if we had committed the deed. We should give to the poor, right? We should give to the poor, but not in a way that makes much of us. And how do we do that? That's hard sometimes in our day and age where when you give, people want to be celebrated and elevated. We are to love our enemies and pray for those who hate us and persecute us. Is that easy to do? No, it's not easy to do. But this is the way that Jesus has laid out for us. And on top of everything else, Jesus tells us that we don't get to worry. We don't, he says we don't have to worry. But we don't, we don't get to worry about whether we're doing it right or wrong. We're striving our best to live for Jesus. We're not to worry about what we eat or drink or what we wear, right? That's what Jesus says. So we get to live for him and have his life impact ours. You know why? Because Jesus cares so much about us. He cares not only about us, but he cares who we are and how we live. He cares about our, the words that we use. He cares about the actions that we take, but he even cares about our thoughts. He wants us to be holy. Do you know what it means to be holy? It means to be set apart. He wants us to be set apart and live for him and live for his kingdom in his ways. To not give in to the kingdoms of this world or even our own selfish ways. And not to give in to the, the rulers of this world and the rulers' ways. But to give our entire life to Jesus. And then live in his kingdom with God our Father as our ruler. And we follow his ways. These ways are laid out by Jesus. This isn't easy. 
But I, I got a question. Why isn't it easy? Why isn't it easy? Don't we, I mean, wouldn't you guys love it if it was just easy to follow Jesus all the time? I know I would. Sometimes I wonder why didn't God make it easier for his people to follow him? And I think that this is a fair question. I think the Psalms ask it over and over and over again. But it's one with very limited, if any, answers at all. It really might have no answers that satisfy us. Following Jesus takes a huge amount of humility. It is, it is not about us. You know, it's hard to realize this in grace because even though, because God heaps his love on us and oftentimes that feels like it's about us and his love makes, makes so much of us. His ways are so counter to the ways of the world that we can't help but screw it up from time to time. Raise your hand if you've already screwed it up today. Yeah, absolutely, right? Some of us have. All of us probably have. We don't have all the answers we want. We don't have all the wisdom that we desire. And we are constantly in need every single day. And it is hard to live a life that is constantly in need. But we have a choice. Do we rely on ourselves or do we rely on Jesus? Do we rely what's in our mind or in our hearts? Or do we keep coming to Jesus and going, is what's in my mind and what's in my heart of you? Is this your way? I'm not saying it easy. The scriptures paint a pretty clear picture that it is not going to be easy. What is not easy is that we can have right actions We can do the right thing, but you know what? Sometimes we can be wrongly motivated. We can have a secret life in our mind, in our heart. We can can take these thoughts since no one knows about them and live in our own little world, right? We can live in our, just in our head or, or we can do something a little different. We can take, by the way, we all have these. We all have these thoughts that aren't right. We all have these these words that go on in our head that aren't good, that aren't helpful, that aren't going to be productive in this world that we want to live for Jesus. And you know what we get to do with these? We get to talk to Jesus about them. We get to pray through them. We get to work our lives through them. But the entire time that we're doing this, we are acknowledging our need for him. Our, our, um, acknowledging our need is seen as weakness. I was asked this week, would you say that meekness is weakness? So is it weak to be meek? And as I got to thinking about it, in our culture, meekness is seen as weakness. And I would add that weakness is not really acceptable to display in our society. The weaker you are, you could say the, you could even say the needier you are or the needier you appear, the more uh Uh, despised you will be by others. In this world that we live in, people are supposed to be self-sufficient. They're supposed to be put together and make sure that they just go on the right path by themselves. And for the most part, they are not supposed to be needy or weak. Jesus, on the other hand, at least before him, and we could say that we are all, uh, uh, that we are all, to live our lives before others, so before Jesus and before others, right? Because the Sermon on the Mount says we are to be a light on a hill and it cannot be hidden. He wants us to live in constant 
dependence for his love, for his grace, for his wisdom, for his mercy, for his way that is for us in this life. In a real sense, we don't know how much we need when we come to Jesus. This is difficult to live by. We have smartphones that have answers to just about any question we want. And it's difficult for us to walk into the mysteries of life. But the truth is, we don't know as much as we want. Or maybe even as much as we should. Or as much as we don't even know as much as we think we do. It is in the unknowing and the letting Jesus know that this is hard, that our, we must, um, that we get to walk into the mystery and we get to have this mind, we have this mind that is, we must find answers. And Jesus says, follow me. So Jesus lets us know that entering this narrow gate is hard. The way is hard. That's what we get to walk in. Living for Jesus takes great humility. I would suggest even a stronger word, humiliation. We must be willing to live in a state of constant humiliation before Jesus and before others. And I say humiliation because the word humility is lost a little bit in our culture. We label plenty of people as humble for various things that aren't necessarily humble. I saw this week, I read an article that this one billionaire right? Billions of dollars. We can't even imagine that much money. Left a $100,000 tip to the person that was um, doing it. And people were praising this person online for their humility and for their generosity. And let's not get it wrong. $100,000 is a big tip to anybody. It would be a huge blessing. But that doesn't make the person who gave it humble in comparison to anybody else. It might not even have been that generous. I'd be, it'd be like you or me leaving a good-sized tip, like a $15 tip. And yet, people who are on TV, we praise them for something like this. We say, oh, what humble people. So I love the Super Bowl this last weekend, right? And we praise people on TV who in the pregame interview talk about defeating their opponents making sure they put together a game plan that essentially uh, some of their teammates, maybe not the humble ones, but some of them will be like, we just need to go in there and crush them. We need to, you know, have our way with them. We need to do away with them. And then, though, after the game, they say, oh, man, that team played great. Did they play great because that team, like, we beat them? Or, like, what are, what are we saying here? But yet, when somebody says, oh, that team played great, their players are so excellent, they were so well coached, all this kind of stuff – People give them, oh, look how humble they're being. Is that humble? Maybe. I mean, it's not prideful. I mean, it's acknowledging that they did another thing. But it's not truly what humble means. Humble has lost a bit of what the scriptures mean. To be willing to live a humble life is akin to living a life of humiliation. Being made fun of constantly. Being questioned constantly. Being endlessly picked on. Or in Jesus' words, being persecuted even to the point of death. This is a narrow gate and a narrow path. And you know what? Jesus endured this path and he walked through this gate. Let me ask you, this is, this is going to be a pretend question for you. If we had a famous, rich, and powerful person coming over to our house this afternoon... What would we do? 
Somebody, you, somebody, the most famous person you can think of, the wealthiest person you can think of. Okay, so Bill Gates, maybe that's somebody said Bill Gates. Anybody else? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, okay. Taylor Swift. Oh, the in uh, sync, Zeke, in sync coming over to our house. Okay, how would we do this? Let me ask you this Would you make sure that your room was clean? I would make sure your room was clean. I would make sure your room was clean. So yes, we would do that. Would, uh, would uh, we make sure that the meal was on point, like it was good, like we were serving, we weren't just serving our second best or here, here's some chomps for lunch. Like we would serve a good lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Would we, uh, this is for the parents, would we remind our kids to be on their best behavior? Of course we would. We would treat them, we would treat this person that came in really really well. We would treat them well. This is just what we would do. And yet, Jesus, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one who was there when the heavens and earth were created because he created them, and he is before all things, and Jesus holds all things together. He was not treated this way when he came to earth. He's above the most wealthy and famous person that ever lived. He was, not, um, he was not exonerated. He was not lifted up. You know what happened? He was humiliated. He took the narrow gate and he took the narrow path. He chose the blessed way that is difficult, but this way leads to life. And I think that if we read this story in sincerity, we should be amazed that Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, took this path. If Jesus is who he said he is, and he endured this treatment that he did not deserve, I think even, even if it was just the questions that were being asked him, they, were put, they put Jesus through so many questions that were disrespectful. It is a humiliation to have your creation question you. And yet, Jesus met this with grace, with love, and he bestowed dignity on people. Just think about the mock trial that Jesus endured. It wasn't the only time he was made fun of. He was made fun of a lot. What about the beatings that he went through? What about the cross? Narrow the gate, narrow the road. And where does this lead? To life. A life that Jesus knew would enrich him because it enriches us. Perfect selflessness in this life. And that's what Jesus displayed for us. Jesus died on that cross, right? And we mention this every week. It's still hard to imagine. I am not a big fan of death. I guess the average age for someone to live in America, we found out this morning, is 77. I would love to live into my 80s. And I thought, if, it, if I thought it was possible, though, I'd like to live as long as some of those folks in Genesis. I'd aim for 777 years, right? I would just aim for that years old before my time was over. But Jesus' death, or Jesus' death brought us life by the fact that he went through it. He defeated death. He won. His way of life, uh, his way of life 
destroyed the way of life for death for those who make a choice to follow him. It's not a one-time choice, it's a step-by-step choice. Because of Jesus' humility in the true and deepest sense of the word, we can have the life that he wants for us. If we are honest, we know that we don't always choose the narrow gate and the narrow path. This is a hard thing. And we recognize that we need Jesus. We need his grace. Amen? We need his forgiveness. We need the fact that Jesus did this for us and he gives us his life. The life that was perfectly lived on the narrow gate and the narrow path. The life that perfectly leads to the life that Jesus has for us. I pray that we might follow him. Scripture is so clear that as we follow him, it will not be easy. It won't be easy. However, it's also clear that Jesus leaves us some gifts that on this path that although it may not be easy, it is worth every difficult step that we take. Gifts like the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that lead Jesus, led Jesus through this life, he, Jesus left for us, and Jesus left us this great gift to lead us and guide us through the narrow gate and on the narrow path. So you know what we get to do? We get to submit to the ever-deepening call of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's never over. C.S. Lewis says, further up and further in. That's how we get to go into this life with the Holy Spirit. We get to consistently cultivate, which means plow up, which means make in our lives something good, we get to constantly cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? We get to listen. We get to speak. We get to respond. We get to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's doing in our life at this moment in this part of the path. And this is a difficult, or this lifestyle, or this choice is a lifestyle habit that it takes some time to make it set in our lives. But each of us can go deeper into the relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with us. We also have gifts that the same Holy Spirit gives us. The gifts that Jesus lived by. And when we recognize that we are not living out of these gifts, that that we recognize that we're not living about out of all of them, then we repent and we get back on the narrow path. Here are the gifts that help us walk this narrow path and they are gifts as we walk it, we will have them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These gifts will help us endure any humiliation that we might endure. Is it easy? No. But it does lead to life. So this is my prayer for us, Grace and Mercy Church. Let us admit our need. Let us choose to be needy. Let God's grace guide us and let it it lead us back to this path over and over and over again. This text, the fact that it says it's not easy, begs us to assume that we are not always on this path. Jesus knows that we are in constant need of him and his ways. And in order to do this, we need the Holy Spirit's constant guidance in our life, constant nudging us towards this path, this narrow path that he has for us. So let us make this choice each and every day, every moment of the day. 
And may we go from here needier than you ever have been. Needier for Jesus, needier for this narrow way. And that is my prayer. So Jesus, please come. Please make us needy before you. Let us enter through the narrow gate. Let us, let us stay on this narrow path, Lord. It's not easy. We confess that it is hard and we need you. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.